This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys talk about collaborative learning spaces and the impact this has on the future of education. Exciting news from the East Initiative update and more. That's up next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio. I'm your host, David Inark. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. I don't know why I said David Inark. I'm David Henderson. <laughs> I mean, I am David Inark, but not, not usually for EduTech Guys. Anyway. <laughs> not usually for EduTech Guys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm getting lost in all of my multiple personalities. <laughs> <clears throat> it's going to be a great show today. Glad you're tuning in to talk with us and listen to us, and you're not actually talking with us. But if you want to talk with us, head out to Twitter, twitter.com slash edutechguys, just hashtag ETGChat, and you can reach out to us, and we'll discuss it on the show. If not this show, the next show. If not the next show, probably never. But either way, <laughs> it'll make you feel better about filling out that hashtag. No, we will get back in touch with you. You can also go to the website, www.edutechguys.com. Drop down to the bottom and fill out a nice little commentary there. Let us know what you think of the show. And as usual, just go to Google, type in EduTech Guys, and you will find us out there in the social media realm. That's right. Wandering around aimlessly. Aimlessly. <laughs> uh, thanks to CrossBraining.com and GoPro for promotional consideration on EduTech Guys Radio. CrossBraining.com is creating a universal learning community by sharing the best and most effective teaching methods and lessons through video and other technology. That's right. CrossBraining.com features several free GoPro lessons, including Fetch, where students capture a video of a pet and use the footage to create an adventurous short video from their pet's perspective. I hope you enjoyed that. uh, (laughs) Great sound effect. Good job, Fido. Pick your bones up at the door. We've hired a new dog in the set. He does a lot of our... There's a name for that. I can't remember what that's called. When, when you, you hire a dog? <laughs> yes, yes, when you hire a dog. No, when you're the professional sound effects maker for a, a movie. Is that a gaffer? Is that a gaffer? I didn't think that was a gaffer. I thought that was a gaffer. grip. <laughs> Best boy. You know I what a gaffer know. does, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was yeah. a gaffer. 
I don't remember what the sound guy is called. <laughs> That's going to bug me now. I hope you're happy. Yep. Well, you can Google it. And when you're done Googling that, you can Google Edutech guys and let us know. I don't know if the, it, maybe it doesn't have a name. It does. There is a name. There is a name other than like sound engineer. There is a name for, there's a term for the person who creates sound. And I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, it's, yeah. it's, it's all good. Anyway. There's, I, I don't think that, I, I, I'm not Googling it correctly, so. <laughs> On today's show, how to Google correctly when looking up sound effect guy names. No, that, that actually could be a, a show. That would be an interesting show, actually. We just like Google random stuff. Actually, what we should do on the show, I you know what? That's what we should do. We should go to one of the sites that like do that kind of thing. Like, there's a thing called Google Feud, yeah. where it's like Family Feud, but it's the stuff people Google, <laughs> and you try to guess the top answers. That's actually a thing. I know. Is it really? Yes. And then there's another one. It's called Would You Rather, and they ask you like, Would you rather do this like, or do this? Yeah, you yeah. know, would you rather have your fingers cut off or your yeah, toes cut off? We used off? to play that game in basketball band in college. That's yeah. how you that's how you pass the time between Frankenstein and the Hey Song. Hey. Anyway, hey, on today's show, <laughs> we hope your drive time's going well out there this morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the Joe Bob and Billy Show. <laughs> ah, now today on today's show, let's I'm get Billy into just the, for the record. <laughs> I've got a Joe Bob face. Um, on today's show, we, let's jump into the ed tech of all the good stuff. We've seen this out there, and you have too. This is a great new topic that's. Uh, it's plaguing, I mean, making its way around the, the ed tech scene in education. Making and that's, its way in the world today. <laughs> it's collaborative learning spaces. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> and, and really, collaborative learning spaces, uh, that can actually cover two different aspects. We've got the physical collaborative learning space, that is, what's happening inside the uh, four walls of the classroom itself. And then we also have the virtual collaborative uh, learning space that is the learning space happening outside of those walls with the students who are inside those walls. So we're going to kind of talk about both of those. Well, there's a third, a collaborative learning space in between my two ears. In between your ears. Yeah, but that's true. Dun, you know, dun, um, dun, 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 dun. and I have to say, it's it's interesting <clears throat> that we had mentioned this on uh, the last show with uh, Monica, Dr. Monica Burns. Yeah. We talked a little bit about collaborative learning spaces, and it's funny we've seen startups over the past decade, and we may, we we talk about their ping pong tables and their you know their their climbing walls and their beanbag sitting rooms and their sleep pods and that kind of stuff, but that does create a really interesting collaborative workspace, sure, learning space if you want to call it, and we've just now caught on that hey maybe that'll work for us, but you got to admit. Your elementary school career, each room was the same room. It just had different stuff stuck up on it. I mean, you. Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> pretty much, you and I were children of the '70s, so we were in grade school during the late '70s. Yeah. Most of the classrooms we went in never had fancy plastic desks. They had the old wooden desks, the metal desks. You know. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, they all looked the same. What I'm getting at is everything was in rows. Everybody usually worked the same way. Exactly. You know, this is yes. the way it all looks. Yes. We've been doing that now for four decades. Right. And some people, yeah, and, and some, some people, people are still, still doing it. it. Oh, right. You can get those in rows and. Right. That's right. We, we, need, we need all the classrooms to look like Excel spreadsheets. If I let those little jokers rows collaborate, they're going to be stabbing each other next. <laughs> it's going to get out of control. You've got to keep them in their seats, working on worksheets. Yep. Seats and worksheets. 
sheets, seats and worksheets. Seats and sheets. There you go. I, but, I was trying to say that, and I, my but brain you know, wasn't uh, but I can see that now. We're we, we're in a different age, and uh, we all know how feng shui works and how it makes us feel. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's true. You have your work area that you like to you know decorate and get it to work where you're you know working. And we have the way we like to collaborate when we set up. This is the way we like to do our things. So, I mean, I get the physical part of it now. And so many companies are out there um, helping design that. And so many schools now are at that point around the country, even the older ones where they're remodeling and they're rebuilding. So now it's the opportunity to look at this and go, oh, okay, do we need a STEM section? Do we need a makerspace section? How, do the kids have to sit in a desk? Right. Well, and especially in, with today's technology integration if, if they're doing it right and it might not even have to be uh it, it might not have to include technology in the way we think of you know when you think of technology immediately i'm sure in your head you pop in chromebooks and ipads and all that but you know technology there are all kinds of things that qualify as technology yeah. but looking at these collaborative learning spaces you have the the essentially these different um almost like centers of learning within that center of learning Right. Uh, and, and I think that's, I don't know, I, I really think that's a part of and, and important to helping the students learn in different ways other than the rows and columns that, you know, we grew up with and that a lot of people still do. And, you know, that's not to say that there aren't, uh, that there's not a place for that. I truly believe there are, there are circumstances where Sorry, whether you like it or not, there are circumstances where you have the stage on the the sage on the stage, and people are in rows oh, and columns, and that's how the learning has to go. Has to go. I mean, frankly, and, and I hope I hope we get a lot of feedback on this, um, but uh, but by the same token, <clears throat> there are plenty of learning opportunities and plenty of um, situations where that does not have to be the case. Where, where you can have this small group interaction happening in these collaborative learning spaces where they work together to solve whatever the common problem is or reach a common goal. And, you know, now where we're at with technology usage puts us into the area that this makes more sense of changing the, the collaborative learning areas physically. Because just like we've talked with several people, some schools do not have one-to-one. Right. So if you've got one Chromebook that you need to share, well, desks are just out of the question. Mm -hmm. Don't work. Right. Now, you know, beanbags circled around it are at a a work table with rolling chairs. So those chairs can roll back to separate tables Mm -hmm. and then roll to a circular table. And there's the thing that's coming into play is the design of the tables. You know, Um, that's one of the biggest things for David and I. We sit at a table, but we need to be facing each other. But we also need to be facing a camera, and so you get into design right. becomes Absolutely. a really you know big deal for us collaborating because we spend most of the time looking at each other, right, or looking at another screen if we're interviewing someone and not paying attention to maybe the camera in front of us right. or, or whatever else, right. So I can get the physical needs for collaborative sure. learning. Sure, absolutely. And there's there's tons of them out mm-hmm. there. I mean, we're at the point now the chalkboard is dead. The, yeah, digital, I mean, the digital screen wins. I, I look around this lab we're in right now, and there's no whiteboards, there's no chalkboards, yeah. there's just LCD, LED projection screens. Yeah. yeah. And not even big ones because you don't need them. Mm-mm. Because now with Chromebooks and iPads, uh, Nearpod is a, is a prime example. You know, 
we're working through a presentation in Nearpod, and as I move it in my teacher version, it changes on all the kids' screens at the same time. Right. No longer do I have to you know, strain my eyes to look at that. I can actually see it right there in front of me. And that's all about the collaborative physical learning opportunities that exist for our kids. Well, right. And then even, uh, you know, and, and so when you're not in that particular situation where you're the one guiding where those students are going and the students are working on the projects themselves, well, they can easily cast whatever device they have up to whatever the um, whatever the visual presentation device you have, right? Whether it's a LCD screen or if you have a projector or whatever it is, you've got that. And, you know, so the students don't have to, you know, they don't have to physically come to the front of the classroom and hold up their tablet and go, hey, look, this is what I did. No, I can, you can cast this up to the TV screen and boop, there you go. There you go. And we all can see it. Yep. Uh, you know, it's just, it's it's awesome. And I think of, you know, I think of certain applications, um, the uh, we've, we've got a, a math specialist here at the education service uh, agency and she has an iPad pro and she's got her MacBook uh, pro and she uses um, uh, reflector mm-hmm. in order to show. And then, so she hooks her laptop into whatever the projection system is. And then she ties her uh, iPad pro into her laptop and that's mm-hmm. how she projects it yeah. now could she just do the airplay through there yeah absolutely but the reason why she likes using a reflector is because while her screen is up there then the other students that she's working with they can also attach to her reflector and now you see hers and a couple of students on the screen at the same time right it, Which is i mean beautiful. it's awesome yeah it's yep. beautiful you know and that brings us into so we've talked about the physical collaboration but the, you you kind of got us into the virtual collaboration. Yeah, well, one and of the things that we were talking with Dr. Burns, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I said, you know, I'm I'm part of this uh, Google Plus group, um, uh, and I can't remember I can I can never remember the name. You'd think I would, but it's basically something along the lines of collaborative classrooms, and that that whole group is all about connecting their classrooms with other classrooms across the country, across the globe. I mean, it's amazing how many of these students in the, in the grades range K-12. I mean, I, you see posts from everybody, K-12. Sure. And they're, they're asking for, you know, hey, we're looking for a, a classroom in South Africa. We're looking for a classroom in Brazil. We're looking for a classroom in Paris or the other way around. Um, a lot of the posts are actually foreign countries wanting to connect with American classrooms. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, and you, you talk about that, but I, even closer to home, David and I just did a workshop um, at the TCA, CC, TCCA conference <laughs> um, on um, the writer's workshop. And that's collaborating as writers inside a Google Doc. And that doesn't just have to happen in a classroom, although it's awesome the fact that students on individual machines are all working instead of writing it on the board or putting it on a, a notepad on a, a large notepad or anything like that, or someone keeping notes. It's a collaborative document working right there together with everyone's input and everyone's you know concerns right there, um, which doesn't have to stay just in the classroom. You could be collaborating with kids from Northern France sure. working on in, in a writer's workshop. Yeah. And that's, that's a really cool piece. The really interesting piece about that is, is that, with free Google, you open up a Google Hangout, you're seeing each other, you see that class, they see your class, and you're working on the collaborative document at the same time. Right. <clears throat> so you've got audio and visual and written word yep. 
Holy smokes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, you know, you can pull up the old chat window. And so while you're working on the document and you've got video audio collaboration, there's also the instant chat that can be used for kind of a written record of some of the things that you're yeah. talking about and discussing. Well, and, and all the side conversations that right. are happening with the other students in the room or in the group. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Collaboration, both physically and virtually, are at a level that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, you we can now, and, and it just, it, you had discussed, you had said this on the show with Dr. Burns about the old days of having a, a pen pal. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's really, that's an obsolete thing that will never exist again. Well, you know what's funny about that though? Well, no, some people still do right. Well, yeah. they they do it, but what's funny is now it's it's, and I'm sure there are some people who still write pen pals. But you know how many digital pen pals there are? Oh, I well, mean, sure, it's, but it's amazing. But that's you instantaneous know. now. But right, that's I mean, true too. So see, now it's it's called Snapchat. Well, right. That's I mean, a good point. it's Instagram You're right. You're and right. you know it's FaceTime. I yeah, mean, it's not not like the old days where we you know, we all wrote a letter and then, and then send it and then you had to wait because yeah. they had to get it and then they had to write and then they had to send back. So you know you exchanged like three months through the whole semester. Exactly. You know. So I wonder what the uh, the benefits that were missing from that anticipation of waiting. You know, oh, I don't know. That's there's there's a whole there's a whole lot of uh, you know there's a whole lot of that that we're missing. That we're missing. Period. Just yeah. just the fact that everything is such mm-hmm. you know it, it's so instant gratification, instant feedback. You know, and and frankly, part of that ties directly into what we're talking about here. I mean, think about that. You know, these these collaborative learning environments, especially the virtual ones, it is instant <laughs> feedback. It's it's you know it's all right here in your face. Yeah, like boom, there it is. Yeah, you know, deal with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Deal with it now. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, is that the two go together? A school that can have the opportunity to both change the physical and virtual mm-hmm. learning environment. You know, within a school year. You know, sure. To, to change the way kids are going to look at, mm-hmm. you know, the way they're doing things, and we're seeing that all over the world at this point, and and we're reaping the benefits from it too. I think we definitely are. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree. So yeah. you know, you can check out the web. Uh, check out our website if you want to find some references to this. Yeah. Uh, just go on the website. There will there's a uh, as of today, there'll be a nice blog up about you know where you can check these things out from designing your classroom physically to changing the way it looks uh, to making a more learning um, environment. Or to some references on helping you find those collaborative tools in the edtech realm to yeah. help you take your classroom virtually to that next collaborative level. Exactly. So, edutechguys.com, check it out. There we go. All right. So, uh, up next, let's uh, hear from the uh, folks over at the East Initiative. Hello, everyone. I'm Spencer Watson with East Initiative. Welcome to the East Update. This week, we're here to talk about student training. The EAST Initiative offers more than 70 training sessions each year to EAST students at its headquarters in Little Rock on the campus of the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville and at regional training centers throughout the state. EAST also offers a handful of online training sessions. These courses offer hands-on instruction with the technology students have in their classroom every day. There are plenty of reasons students might seek training. So, how do EAST facilitators decide what to attend? Here's Cassandra Dixon of Hot Springs Intermediate School. Um, I think sometimes it comes down to the projects you have, and maybe a project needs a lot of help because it's stuck in a rut, and training can sometimes help solve that uh, because, again, they're, they're able to then ask an industry leader 
Um, what can I do on this project? We're stuck with this. What do you suggest? And then they're also surrounded by other students from different districts and schools who might have ideas they haven't thought of. Note that she mentioned industry professionals. East hires professionals in the field to talk about technology. Here's Bob Oaken, a professional photographer of more than 20 years, talking about the value of his training. So if I, and I tell my students and the facilitators that I will teach and train, that if I had me as an instructor to make it simple, my learning curve would have been cut in half, if not more. So that's when the experience for me to sit from the beginning and figure it out on my own and how I could understand it. And that's the great thing that East has to offer. It allows the facilitator and the students to figure it out on themselves to move forward and grow in it. And that's just fantastic. For years, the EAST initiative has partnered with the Center for Advanced Spatial Technology, or CAST, at the University of Arkansas. Here's CAST's Malcolm Williamson on the rare opportunity they bring to their training sessions, which focus on incorporating geolocation data into student projects. You're going to be a, a upperclassman or a graduate student in college before you really start taking classes on this, and only if you really if that's going to be your, your major area of interest. This is a very rare opportunity where you've got access to literally tens of thousands of dollars of software and free data that you can use to really build your, your knowledge and skill set and apply it as you go on to college, as you go on. This, this is going to give you a step up in the rest of your life. The thing about EAST training is that it's designed so that while only a couple of students from any one school may attend, they can take the lessons they've learned back home and teach their peers. Here's Morgan Lawrence, EAST facilitator at Bergman High School and Cassandra Dixon again. My favorite part of the after effect of trainings is when students bring back what they have learned um, and teach it to the rest of my students. Um, so even though I can only take two students to the training, all my students benefit from it. Um, and I saw that a lot with the stand up and deliver. Um, my two girls that went to that came back and worked really hard on helping um, the rest of the class network and communicate uh, in a respectful and a sophisticated manner with um, our community partners. And so it really was like a domino effect across all my students. And then they're learning from industry leaders. I mean, one of my favorite trainers is Steve Taylor. And I've literally sat through his trainings because they are so fascinating. And I've learned a lot too, to be able to take back to the classroom and uh, teach my students a little bit more about video in that aspect. So being able to take them there, learn from somebody who's in the business, does that on a daily basis, and then bring that knowledge back into the classroom is it's really exciting. It can be a revitalizing experience for both students and facilitators. They may have been working on a project for a year, maybe even two, and have gotten to the point where they're like, I'm over this. I don't want to do it anymore. There's no hope. I've been putting so many hours into it and I've gotten nowhere. But then they go to East training and they're like, okay, not giving up yet. I have a new idea. I want to pursue this. Maybe I need new team members to help me. Um, so it, I feel like it gives them hope, gives them new ideas and gets them out of their comfort zone. Some of my teacher friends are like, you travel three hours to take students to a training, like that's nuts. But what they don't realize is that um, those three hours give me one-on-two -on -two time with those students. And so I can really um, get to know them. I can really connect with them more um, and find out more of their interests. And so it's more of an investing time for me with them. Um, and also I have seen them come back and say, okay, I thought I was gonna do this more project, but now that I know how to do this, I can apply it here and here and here. And it totally changes um, the interface of how their project looks. 
That kind of growth is exactly what the EAST initiative hopes to achieve through training, and the results speak for themselves. It really gets them thinking and gets them you know, outside of the box that they were in. They might already have had an idea and then realize, I can make it better, or I can do something different that will make it better. If you are interested in knowing more about the EAST initiative, from information on student projects to the professional development services we offer to educators of all kinds, please visit www.eastinitiative.org or just search for EAST initiative on social media. If you are interested in finding out how to get an EAST classroom for a school near you, please contact eastinfo at eaststaff.org. That's E-A-S-T-I-N-F-O at E-A-S-T-S-T-A-F-F dot O-R-G. Special thanks to Cassandra Dixon, Morgan Lawrence, Bob Oaken, and Malcolm Williamson. The music you've been hearing is called Firecracker by Jared Green of Mountain Home High School. Again, I'm Spencer Watson, and that's the East Update. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech guys. I want to thank Spencer Watson and the crew for making the East Initiative update for us each week. Um, always great to hear from them. If you want to check them out, just go to Google, type in East Initiative, and you'll find their website pretty easily. Really great stuff going on there. Yeah, man. Cool really stuff. Cool. We, we appreciate them doing that, and uh, hopefully... Uh, we've got some uh, other folks who are going to be uh, supplying some other update-type information from around the state, so uh, you'll be hearing that as well. Whole new show. It's a whole new show. Speaking and don't forget uh, that uh, we also have uh, featured artists uh, on various podcasts. Yeah. So if you are an independent music artist and you'd like us to feature your music, reach out to us at EduTechGuys on Twitter or go to edutechguys.com and fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you about putting your music on our show. Pretty quick. And yeah. if you'd like to see us live, well, we've got a few dates coming up here pretty soon. The first one is... Hey, we're going to be at AESA in San Antonio, and that's going to be November 30th through December 2nd. And then we will be in Orlando at Fetzi. January 23rd through the 26th. And then uh, there's always a chance that we'll be at places in between there. And uh, we will tweet all of that out, share that with you guys so you know uh, where to find us and when we'll be broadcasting live. Just check the website, www.edutechguys.com. Awesome. Hey, you know what time it is? Hey, is it that time? It is that time. It's time for the Google Tip of the Week. You're getting better at that. And I by the way, David's Christmas album will be on sale right after Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then again, uh, this week on the Google Tip of the Week, um, Google did a really cool thing. Uh, they dropped out some stuff where they've added a whole bunch of cool add-ons to their inbox. So now you can do more inside your inbox with Google add-ons, Gmail add-ons built for workflows. Um, you can find those by going over to the top right hand where the little gear icon is and click it, and you'll actually see there in red, get add-ons. So they've opened up those labs, and they, they've allowed that to do that. Uh, there's some cool stuff like Asana, which uh, turns communication with clients, customers, and teammates into tasks. So you've got these communication emails, and you can turn them into tasks, like we need to get this taken done. It's a little AI there working, you know, getting it done. Dialpad, that's a message or call colleagues on your device anytime. So automatically view recent communications or save a new contact straight from Gmail. So that's a workflow piece. That's cool. DocuSign, everybody knows what that is. Sign and execute contracts, agreements. That's coming pretty soon. Uh, they have a new hire piece, um, Intuit QuickBooks invoicing. 
ProsperWorks. ProsperWorks is a really cool thing. It's for demos and meetings. And you might ask, oh, what does that have to do with education? Well, anytime it can work for business, you can find a use for it in education. They yeah. also give you Ring Central, uh, Smartsheet. That's a really cool one. Add email content and desired attachments directly to Smartsheet without leaving Gmail. Smartsheet is one that a lot of contact companies use. A streak in Trello. And you might know about Trello. That's another one that's out there. So they've, uh, they've done all those add-ins. You can try them out today. Just go, like I said, to the Gearbox, drop it down, say get add-ons, or just go to the G Suite Marketplace, and you can find and install Gmail add-ons. Awesome stuff, man. That's very cool. It's pretty cool. It's just some neat stuff. Uh, those of you out there that are educational entrepreneurs might find some of that handy yeah, to absolutely. use out there to keep track of your workshops you're doing or any podcasts you're, you're, you're making or speaking on or any of that good stuff. Yeah. Very cool, man. Cool. Well, hey, I think it's been a pretty good show, hasn't it? I think so. That's all that matters. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site is programmed for those of participants and not intended to and do not necessarily reflect opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.